0: Welcome to Zichur Dav member by Abraham Goldhar, and the on Masechus Ksubis, Peiches, the ninth parak, HaKosavu Ishto. The Zichur Masechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for HaKazakh So the Thetops are going to focus on them, when Rabbi Papa said, If a husband is clever, he can bring his former wife to be with a de D'Raisa. Rush explains that the de D'Raisa is more hummer than a drabun one, since the person must wear in Hashem's name and hold a Sefer Torah. With the drabundishbu, one only accepts a curse about himself if he lies. The husband gives her the Ksuba payment in the presence of one aid, and then he combines the first aid with a later aid. While she explains that he brings them both to basin, so that if she denies having received payment, there'll be two aiding against her, and then he establishes the first monies as a loan, which she must repay. If she denies the former payment was made, the first aid will testify that she was paid, which will obligate her to make a the should Shishabred the ravidi objected to this, asking how can the husband combine the two aidim who didn't see the same thing? The Gemara concludes that the plan should be where the husband gives the ksuba payment a second time in the presence of the first and latter witness, and then establish the first monies as a loan. Ravashi clarifies Modulu, its effect, where the man informs the two aidim of his plan before making the second payment. This way, the woman will not be able to claim there were two ksuba payments. Pointing which the mission say that if a woman comes to collect her ksuba not in the presence of her husband, she may not collect except with an oath that she was not paid. Raval or Habir said there was an incident like this that came before Yitzhak in Antochi, and he stated, They taught that collection is allowed in the debtor's absence only regarding a woman's ksuba, because of favor, which Rashi explained earlier, is so that men will find favor in the eyes of women who will marry them and not fear that they'll be able to collect their ksubas. But an ordinary Balchot may not collect from the debtor's property in his absence. But Rav said, in the name of Rav Nachman, the Mishnah's ruling does apply as well to an ordinary Baal Chog. So that everyone will not take his friend's money and go live overseas, and you'll close the door in the face of borrowers because lenders would be discouraged from lending. And pointing three: reading, the Mishnah of Shimon said, Whenever she claims her Ksuba, the heirs may impose a Shavua on her. But if she does not claim her ksuba, the heirs may not impose a shvua on her. The Gemara asks what case Rabbi Shimon was referring to, and after numerous explanations are rejected. The Gemara concludes that the first part of Rabbi Shimon's statement means that even in a case where the husband exempted her from an oath when collecting from the Yosomim, she must still take an oath when she's collecting her ksuba. Rapapa teaches Rabbi Shimon's latter statement is coming to teach that he argues against the Tanakama and Rabbi Eliezer in the earlier Mishnah and holds that a wife is never subject to the Shu'as Apotropus, the administrator's oath, even if the husband appointed her and did not exempt her from oaths. So once again, the three points are at number one. Rapapa said, If a husband is clever, he can bring his former wife to be chid with the de Raisa." Rush explains that the de Raisa is more chummer than a Drabun one, since the person must swear in Hashem's name and hold a Sefer Torah. With the Rabban shvu, one only accepts a curse about himself if he lies. The husband gives her the Ksuba payment in the presence of one aid. And then he combines the first aid with a later aid. while well, she explains that he brings them both to Basin so that if she denies having received payment, there'll be two aiding against her. And then he establishes the first monies as a loan, which she must repay. If she denies the former payment was made... The first aid will testify that she was paid, which will obligate her to make a shvudaraisa. Rav Shishabred the ravidi objected to this, asking how can the husband combine the two aidim who didn't see the same thing? The Gemara concludes that the plan should be where the husband gives the suba payment a second time in the presence of the first and latter witness, and then establish the first monies as a loan. Ravashi clarifies Vahudamodaluhu, its effect, where the man informs the two aidim of his plan before making the second payment. This way, the woman will not be able to claim there were two ksuba payments. Pointing to the mission say that if a woman comes to collect her ksuba not in the presence of her husband, she may not collect except with an oath that she was not paid. Rav HaKasar said there was an incident like this that came before Yitzhak in Antochi, and he stated, they taught that collection is allowed in the debtor's absence only regarding a woman's ksuba, because of favor, which Rashi explained earlier, is so that men will find favor in the eyes of women who will marry them and not fear that they'll be able to collect their ksubas. But an ordinary Balchot may not collect from the debtor's property in his absence. But Rav said, in the name of Rav Nachman, the mission's ruling does apply as well to an ordinary Baal Chog. So that everyone will not take his friend's money and go live overseas, and you will close the door in the face of borrowers, because lenders would be discouraged from lending. And point number three, in the Mishnah, Rav Shimon said, Whenever she claims her ksuba, the heirs may impose a shvua on her. But if she does not claim her ksuba, the heirs may not impose a shvua on her. The Gemara asks what case Rabbi Shimon was referring to, and after numerous explanations are rejected, the Gemara concludes that the first part of Rabbi Shimon's statement means that even in a case where the husband exempted her from an oath when collecting from the Yosomim, she must still take an oath when she's collecting her ksuba. What Papa teaches Rabbi Shimon's latter statement is coming to teach that he argues against the Tanakama and Rebel Eliezer. In the earlier Mishnah, and holds that a wife is never subject to the Shua's the administrator's oath, even if the husband appointed her and did not exempt her from oaths. All right, so now we go to our Simda V'dah Peches and our standard Simmon is a garbage can or a dustbin, depending on where you live in the world. So garbage can is our Simmon. So here goes. The clever husband's plans to organize to aid him to make his wife make a the. Daraisah Ended up in the garbage can when both his wife and Bal Khob each took a Shvuah while he was away bemininisayam. And his wife proudly proclaimed that she's never ever subject to a Shvuah Sapitropis. Once again, in a motion. The clever husband's plans to organize two aiding to make his wife make a shvuah daraisa ended up in the garbage can. Which reminds us, Rapapa said, if a husband is clever, he can bring his former wife to be with a shvuah daraisa. The Gemara concludes that the plan should be where the husband gives the Ksuba payment in front of one aid, and then gives it a second time with the first aid there and a new aid, and then establish the first monies as a loan. Ravashi clarifies it is effective where the man informs the two aiding of his plan before making the second payment. This way the one will not be able to claim there were two ksuba payments. So the clever husband's plans to organize two aiding to make his wife make a the the ended up in the garbage can when both his wife and Balkhov each took a shvua while he was away but meaning say seya, which reminds us the mission state that if a wife comes to collect her ksuba not in the presence of her husband, what el she may not collect except with an oath that she wasn't paid. Rava said in the name of Rav Nachman that the mission's ruling does apply as well to an ordinary Baal Chob, so that everyone will not take his friend's money and go live overseas. And you'll close the door in the face of borrowers because lenders would be discouraged from lending. So the clever husband's plan to organize two aim to make his wife make a Shavuah, the Raisa, ended up in the garbage can when both his wife and the Baal Chob each took a shbua while he was away But meaning the Sayyam. And his wife proudly proclaimed that she's never ever subject to a Which reminds us, in the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon said that whenever she claims her ksubah, the Yor she may impose a shvuah on her. But if she doesn't claim her ksubah, the Yor she may not impose a shvuah on her. The what case Rabbi Shimon was referring to, and her puppet teaches that Rabbi Shimon's latter statement is coming to teach that he argues against the Tanna Kama and Rebbe in the earlier Mishnah, and holds that a wife is never subject to a shvuas even if the husband appointed her and did not exempt her from oaths. So once again, the clever husband's plans to organize two aiding to make his wife make Ashwu the Raisa ended up in the garbage can when both his wife and Bal each took Ashvua while he was away a Sayam, And his wife proudly proclaimed that she is never, ever subject to Ashvua sapitropas. Alright, now it's time for four blah, back Hazar. Daf pay Dalit. So the simmer Daf paid is a launch pad. So here goes. The astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad. Launch pad? That must be more Daf. Pay Dalit. The astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad was surrounded by his deceased creditor's wife, Balchov, and Yorshin, which reminds us. The next Mishnah states, If someone died and left a wife, a creditor, and heirs, all making claims on his estate, and he had a deposit and a loan in the possession of others, Rabbi Tarfin says, They shall be given to the weakest among them. Kiva says "Emarachmin Madin," we're not merciful in deciding the halacha, rather the property should be given to the Yorshin. For all of them referring to the widow and the Balkhov required an oath before they can collect, whereas the Yorshin do not require an oath. The Gemara explains why the Mishnah mentioned both cases of a deposit and a loan. So the astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad was surrounded by his deceased creditor's wife Balkhov and Yorshin who are fighting over who was the weakest to collect. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks what Rabbi Tarfo means that the property is given Likosho, to the weakest among them. Rabbi Yosef with has said, Shibaraya, it's given to the one... With the weakest proof, which is the one who has the most recently dated star, since he cannot collect from properties that were sold before the date of the star. And Rav Yochanan said, isha it's designated to the woman's ksuba because of favor. Rush explains that she's considered weaker because it's not a woman's way to investigate what were the holdings of the deceased and find land from which to collect. So the astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad was surrounded by his deceased creditor's wife, Balchov, and Yorshin, who were fighting over who was the weakest to collect. When suddenly the wife snatched some detached fruit to cover the value of her and gave the surplus to the Bachov. Which reminds us, the Mishnah taught that if the deceased left detached produce from the ground, whoever is first to seize it gains possession of it. If they gain more than what was owed to him, how most of the surplus is given, according to Rabbi Taraphon, to the weakest among them, whereas Rabbi Kiva says it's given to the Orshin since they do not require an oath to collect. The Gemara says, according to Rabbi Kiva, seizing is effective when the creditor sees the property during the father's lifetime. Daf pei hey, so the simur daf pei hey is a dentist. So here goes Tovia, the wealthy dentist. Dentist, that must be more daf pei hey mouth. Tovia, the wealthy dentist, who refused to give the star to the patient shalich, who paid for cleaning, claiming he still owed money for a filling. Which reminds the Gemara brings a case where the shalich pays the debt on behalf of a debtor, but is not given the star, as the creditor says that there was another debt owed that was a Nova al and they're keeping the monies for that debt. The Gemara clarifies that if there are no aiding, the creditors are believed based on amigo and the Shalik must pay the debtor because he worsened the situation. So, Tovia, the wealthy dentist who refused to give the star to the patient Shalik, who paid for a cleaning, claiming he still owed money for a filling, was about to leave the office to pick up a silver cup he had deposited by another patient who just died, which reminds us, there was a certain person who deposited a silver cup with Chasa, and then Chasa died without leaving any final instructions regarding the property in his possession. The depositor in Chas's heirs came before Rav Nachman, for the heirs claimed that the cup might have belonged to their father. Rav Nachman said to them, Chas Amid, Firstly, I know that Chas was not wealthy enough to have owned a silver cup, and furthermore, the claimant gave a simon, which proves that the cup is his. So, Tovia, the wealthy dentist who refused to give the shtar to the patient shaliach, who paid for a clean and claiming he still owed money for a filling, was about to leave the office to pick up a silver cup he had deposited by another patient, who just died, when he just heard the news that another patient just bequeathed all of his property to a uh, Tovia. Which reminds the more discusses a case where a certain man said before his death, next silent Tovia, my properties are hereby, he bequeathed to Tovia. But he didn't indicate which Tovia he meant. So the similar is police. So here it goes. The debt police, police, that must mean we're on the debt police who were trying to come down an irate purchaser of a loan that the lender subsequently forgave which reminds us, Shmuel said, If a creditor sells a loan document to another and afterwards he forgives the debt, the debt is forgiven and the buyer of the star can no longer collect it. Moreover, after the seller's death, even his heir can forgive the debt. Rafuna Breda by Yeshua said that if the purchaser of the debt is a pikeach, if he's clever, he should offer the borrower some money before the seller forgives the loan and have the borrower write a star in his own name. While well, explains that this prevents the lender and debtor from depriving the purchaser of the loan by forgiving it since he has a direct claim now against the debtor. So, the debt police, who are trying to calm down an irate purchaser of a loan that the lender subsequently forgave, telling him that paying back a loan is merely a mitzvah, which reminds me of what said to Rapapa, according to your opinion, that prius Balkov mitzvah, that paying a creditor, is merely a mitzvah, what is the law if the debtor says he does not want to do the mitzvah? Rapapa holds that the debtor's properties are not automatically mortgaged to his creditor. Rather, as Rashi explains, the debtor is obligated to pay his creditor only because the Torah obligates him to keep his word. A Papa brought a price regarding giving Malkus to teach that we force the debtor to fulfill the mitzvah to repay the loan, meaning that we coerce him by confiscating the amount he owes. So the debt police, who were trying to calm down an irate purchaser of a loan that the lender subsequently forgave, telling him that paying back a loan is merely a mitzvah, rushed over to deal with the domestic dispute where a wife is calling a husband a snake for making her take a shvul on her spindle and dough, which reminds us. The next Mishnah states, Apitropia If one sets up his wife, as a storekeeper, or he appointed her as an administrator of his business. He may impose an oath on her whenever he wants. says Even concerning her spindle or her dough, he may impose an oath. Gamar asks if Rabbi said he may impose an oath regarding her spindle or dough as a Gilgal an oath that is rolled onto another oath, but cannot be made independently, or even a Cherchila, that a person could make such an oath. The more brings a price to the proof that Rabbi holds that the oath can be made with Cherchila. Daf Pezin, so the Sim for Daffein is a Golden Pez candy dispenser. So here goes. When the CEO of the Golden Pez Candy Company, Golden Pez Candy Company? That must be on Daf Pezin. When the CEO of the Golden Pez Candy Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he write a start that he has no vow or oath upon her, which reminds us, the mission on the bottom of Daf Vav Amedov stated if a husband wrote a star to his wife, stating, I have neither a vow or oath upon you, he may not impose an oath upon her, but he may impose an oath upon her heirs and her successors, which Rashi explains refers to those who purchased aksubah before she got divorced or died. The Gemara asks, Which oath does the husband's waiver exempt her from? If Yudas said in the name of Rav, it applies to the oath, over an administrative position that she takes during Rasmus's lifetime, and Rav Nachman said in the name of Rabu I'll Pogemus Ksuba Sa, the waiver applies even to the oath where she impairs the So when the CEO of the Golden Pez Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he registered that he has no vow or oath upon her, because he made his second wife make it the Rabundan that she only collected half of her pez candies to do on her ksuba, which reminds us, the next mention states, If a woman impairs her ksuba, by admitting that part of it was already paid, she may only collect the remainder with an oath that it has not been paid in full. Rabbi Baruch thought to say that this is a derisish shuah of moda b'mixvahs, but Rabbi explained the oath was enacted as the Rabban because the par the mifro the one who pays the debt, is attentive to the details of his payment, whereas the one being paid is not as attentive. The Rabban therefore imposed an oath upon the woman in order that when she paid she should be attentive. Knowing that she'll have to swear when she comes to collect the remainder, she'll pay attention at the time of the initial payment. So, when the CEO of the Golden pes Company got engaged for the third time, his new bride insisted that he write a start that he has no vow or oath upon her. Because he made his second wife make it the Rabban Shvua, that she only collected half of her pez candies due on her Xuba. And made his first wife make it the Rabban Shvua, when he brought a single witness to testify that Aksubu was paid. Which reminds us the mission to say that if one aide testifies against her, that the Ksuba was paid to me only collected with the Shvu that it was not paid. Rav explains that this is a died to in order to put the husband's mind at ease, since his claim is supported by a single aide whose testimony requires one to take an oath in other cases, the Rebut in order to swear before collecting. All right, so now it's time to conclude with a pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which step do we discuss the implications when a husband writes a start to his wife that says, Nedder or ain't me alike"? I have no Neder or on you. That's on Dav. Pezain. Good. Number two, which step do you when the Rabbi Shimon holds that a wife is never kind of to take a apitropus? That's on duv Peches. Good. Number three, which stuff do you why the Mishnah listed both a deposit and a loan in the hands of another that are being contested by a wife? A Balkhova and yorshin. That's on dav. Pei Good number four. Which stuff do you learn how a clever husband can organize aiding so his wife makes a shvu That's on dav. Pei Good number five. Which stuff do you learn that when a wife is Pogemus, or ksuba, she makes a shvu That's on dav. Pay Good number six. Which of the one what is done if a debtor does not want to pay according to a Papu holds prius balchov mitzvah. That's on Duff. Pay bav. Good number seven. Which of the one both a wife and balchov take a shvud to collect when the husband or debtor are not present. That's on Duff. Pay Good number eight. Which of the one when one eight testifies that the wife was paid her ksuba she makes a shvud abundant. That's on Duff. Pay Good number nine. Which of the, if one sets up his wife as a storekeeper or he appointed her as an administrator of his business, Rabbi it says he composed an oath even on her spindle or dough. That's on duff. Pehvav. Good. And number 10. Which be the case where a silver cup was deposited in Chasa's house and the Yorshin attempted to claim it was their father's? That's on duff. Pehe. Excellent. are right, That concludes today's shear. That's Rabbi Evangel and Zikkabishin. A great day and great learning. In the earlier Mishnah, it holds that a wife is never subject to the. In the earlier in the earlier Mishnah, it holds that a wife is never subject to the shuas apitropos, the administrator's oath, even if the husband appointed her and did not exempt her from her oaths. In the. In the early in the earlier Mishnah, it holds that a wife is never subject to a shuas apitropos, even if the. In the earlier in the earlier in the earlier In the earlier Mishnah, it holds that a wife is never subject to the shuas the administrator's oath, even if the husband appointed her and did not. In the earlier earlier Mishnah, it holds that a wife is never subject to the shuas habitropas.